All right, what's good, everybody? Welcome to the Knicks Take Podcast, podcast that has you covered all the biggest Knicks news of the week. This is going to be a weekly show hosted by me, Josh Joe Focus, a.k.a. Jelani, and my brother. French or Chiari, whichever one is easier to remember. I'm partial to French, Chiari. I know you by that my whole life. That's my real blood brother right there. Uh, this is our very first episode, all right? Uh, we're going to take this opportunity to tell y'all about ourselves, uh, tell you what it is that we're expecting from the season, and also what we're hoping is going to come in the future for us as a podcast and website and everything else moving on forward in the future. All right, so first, uh, me. As I said before, my name is Jelani, born in the 80s, grew up in the 90s, big Michael Jordan fan while I was uh, only son for a little while of two hardcore Knicks fans. Did not want me to talk about Michael Jordan in the house because we lost way too many times to them. You know, the Knicks did. Uh, seen almost all of the key Nick moments in the 90s. Uh, saw the missed dunk from Ewing. Saw the dunk from John Storks. Uh, it's John Starks. Storks. <laughs> John Starks, excuse me. Um, watched Reggie Miller just hurt us. Uh Watch the four-point play by LJ, the brawl in the garden with Jeff Van Gundy uh, climbing on legs and, you know, getting in the middle of everything. Watched everything with Pat Riley. Um, watched all of that stuff. Still never really considered myself a Knicks fan. Um, it was just kind of watching because that's what parents was watching. It's the only way I was really watching Knicks games and basketball games growing up. Uh, didn't consider myself a Knicks fan up until the Starberry years after we traded for Starberry. Uh, Stephon Marbury, and then we had the whole Stephon Marbury, Eddie Curry, Jamal Crawford click. Uh, fast forward through that, we got it stat and Mark Stoudemire, heavy Knicks fan still then. Watched uh, all of the losing seasons before that. Then we got Carmelo, the Carmelo Anthony trade, very big trade. Didn't like it. Think we should have picked him up in free agency, as many Knicks fans you know also thought. But you know, it wouldn't have changed much, though, I don't think. Uh, nah, it probably wouldn't have changed much. Eh, I don't know. We probably would have got a little better. We still wouldn't have won the shit, but um, got Carmelo had stat, won a few seasons, and then uh, that's when I started to follow the game. Yeah, yeah. transition time. Yeah. So boom, this is around the same era that Jeremy Lin would come on the team and just shock the world, shock everybody, shock everybody in New York. Everybody did not know. What to expect when Jeremy Lin happened. And I was like, that was part of the years where I was just getting out of playing basketball and starting to watch more. I used to play uh, pretty much all my life going up until like maybe high school. And then I started being bad. So, boom, you can't have good, bad grades and still be on the team. And I started to just pay attention and watch basketball more because I remember you would always have me watching these games and I hated watching the Knicks. And then next thing you know, I'm just following the team. And it started with the with the 54 win season, right? And then after that season is when uh they did that trade to Barnyani, and then that's all I've known as a diehard Nick fan. The it's just Andrea Barnyani trade. <laughs> like as soon as I decide to start watching Nick's play, after all the 54 win season, all the Jason Kidd. All the good basketball, I decided to watch the season right after and follow the team <laughs> when it's Andrea Bargnani and Bano Udri. And then year after year after year, it's just been years of, like, losses and just 
terrible, terrible seasons that didn't amount to anything, even in the draft. Phil so, Jackson years. Phil Jackson years. Ricky Lito. <laughs> My first favorite player was Teray Murray, so that says a lot. And it took year after year of just bad management, bad ownership, and we got to this year. I'm skipping over a lot, right? So I feel like I feel like the first what like what was your first heartbreak as a Knicks fan? My first heart heartbreak as a Knicks fan. Uh my first heartbreak as a Knicks fan. I think my first real heartbreak as a Knicks fan uh would have to be watching Baron Davis and Iman Shumpert. Uh, in a in a in a playoff series, have both get hurt. Season-ending leg injuries when yeah, we were playing tough. really good, and I, I I wasn't expecting championships, but I was like, this is our first. This is the first time where um I thought the Knicks had a chance to actually get out of the first round and really surprise people. And Iman Shumper was one of my favorite. You know, he was I think he was still a rookie at the time. He was one of my favorite. Uh, young players from that, from the Knicks team and Baron Davis. I, man, I thought he was really good. I, you know, he was a veteran, a real veteran at the time. It was, it was towards the end of his career, but he was playing real good basketball for us. And I thought we could, he had the uh, opportunity to surprise, you know, some teams and just watching them that happen and knowing, all right, that's it. <laughs> that's it for us. Whatever I hopes I had for this season, next season, like they're gone. Yeah, they're crushed. Tough. Um, that was a tough. One. I'm trying to think of any, you know, there were some heartbreaks before that, but I, I think that's the first time where I thought that the Knicks had some hope uh, moving forward, and then to just watch, just to watch it all just go up in flames on a freak on two freak injuries in the same series. I think it might have even been the same game. Um, that just hurt my heart, and I still was a Knicks fan after that, but. How about yeah, you? Iman Shumper, Iman Shumper was like my favorite player when I start, first started to follow the team. And the first time I thought like what a heartbreak was, I thought I knew what a heartbreak was when Iman Shumper and J.R. Smith got traded. Mm. I remember being up all night and just being so upset and miserable that all we got was Lou Amundsen and Lance Thomas. And then KP got traded and I understood what a real heartbreak was because that one was tough. I'm walking from class to come back home, and I keep getting these notifications about KP mm. going to management, and then group chat texting me like, "Oh, KP is out of here. He about to get traded." I'm like, "No, he's not, bro. He's a restricted free agent. Why? Like, who would trade Porzingis after all these years of misery?" And then they traded him for Dennis Smith. Yeah, that was that. I remember. I remember the day that it happened where. I saw the trade and I was so, I was just like, what, how, why, why is this happening? Um, I, Chris Stapps was really the first homegrown. Uh, we drafted him. He was a really good player. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought he had the potential to be one of the better players in the league. Um, one of the, um, you know, one of the best big men in the league. You know what I mean? And. Um, oh, you're talking about Porzingis. My bad. Porzingis. Yes. Porzingis. Yeah. Um, I thought he was he was going to be one of the biggest, the best big men in the league, and then all of a sudden, you know, he's traded, and it's like, well, why? Um, why are we doing this? We don't even know 
um, how this is going to go move uh, go moving forward. And I thought that the trade was we could have. My initial instinct was well, we could have got way more than what we got for him. You know, this is the unicorn. Literally, that's what I was thinking. You know, the, you know, the, the unicorn. We had a nickname for him. You know, and I thought he was going to be a Nick for life. And then all of a sudden, it's like we traded him for Dennis. It was Lanier like and it's like giving away your baby just for adoption <laughs> for like twenty dollars because you decided to be like a crackhead. It really like that that trade disturbed me, and then it led to us looking forward to free agency almost immediately. And we didn't care about the rest of the season after that point. I, all I wanted to get to was July first, so that I can see what we traded Porzingis for. And we got Julius Randle, Marcus Morris, <laughs> and then we went on to have one of the most. Don't forget Alfred Payton. Alfred Payton. <laughs> How dare you forget Alfred Payton? And then, mind you, this is all like I'm still trying to go get through the PTSD from the Porzingis trade. And then we go on to just have one of the most disappointing seasons. Like that last season was the first time like I genuinely just didn't want to turn on a Knicks game because I didn't want to see Alfred Payton and Julius Randle take away all the shots from RJ Mitch. Look off RJ when he's wide open just to keep giving each other the ball. And then and that's legitimately what happened all of last season. Just you see your rookie, you know, your uh or your your lottery pick, you know, a top three pick. Yeah. And uh he's getting looked off by a guy who can't shoot, can't finish in the lane, can't really do anything except drive and occasionally pass but he's right. not passing it to him. Right. And another guy who fashioned himself as a point forward would drive into the lane, do a spin move, dribble the ball off his leg, and then it's automatic, you know, a turnover to guarantee the loss. Almost every single game, you know, he even when he's having good times. games, even if he had, it was a signature move almost for him to have a, a, a statistically great game, Julius Randle, yeah. and it would never fail. He'd do some sort of spin move or some sort of, dribble off the leg to guarantee a loss. And I never hated anyone as much as I hated <laughs> Julius Randle last season. Anybody, like I wanted to trade him for Alfred Payton for me. <laughs> a 20-35 second round pick from a team that I felt like would be a championship team. I was ready to trade him for anything. I did not want Julius Randle on his team ever again. And then Without all that stuff that happened last season, all the misery that we had to watch through, it wouldn't feel as good this season when you're watching them play and you just see them being a playoff team. It's like one of the wildest things to watch. Going from last season and watching Julius Randle, uh, Alfred Payton, um, Bobby Portis. Yeah, Bobby Portis. Uh, I forgot all about him. You know Reggie Bullock, you know Marcus Morris. Seeing that collective, which you know, they're all talented players in their own right. You know, but watching watching the basketball that they put on the court, and then to say, all right, we're gonna cut. Even though most of these guys they're on one year deals or whatever. All right, we're gonna bring the majority of these guys back. We didn't bring back Bobby Porter's. Um, Marcus Morris got traded, and we got a pick for him, and we got uh, you know a pick for him that we swapped into two picks but 
seeing how that transits, see how we come back with basically the same starting lineup that we finished the last year, you know, finished last year with Alfred Payton, uh, Reggie Bullock, RJ Barrett, Julius Randle, and then Mitchell Robinson. I, how can we, how could we have expected anything but the same thing that we got, even though we drafted an Obi top and we don't know what to expect from Obi top. And even though we drafted, um, you know, Emmanuel quickly. You don't know what to expect from Emmanuel quickly. Yeah, we signed um, Alec Burks. I I know nothing about Alec Burks. I was on Tankathon for the entire first week of the season. Nerlens Noel. That's not a game changer. <laughs> um, I was ready for Kate Cunningham to be a Nick. Like I had biggest, no intentions of watching playoff basketball in New York. Who, who, who was our biggest signing? Austin Rivers. Austin Rivers. Austin Rivers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was he was the captain of the Knicks in training camp and all them videos and all that Instagram stuff that he was doing. He was looking like the leader of the team and then he came on, had a few good games and then just went silent the rest of the season. Except for Utah. It's it's it's. Uh, yeah, like you said, Kate Cunningham, that's that's what that's what we were looking at coming into the opening of the season. And then like you like you said earlier. Julius Randle goes from being this guy that you want to trade for a 2023 first, a 2023 pick from the Milwaukee Bucks or, or, or something like that. You giving him up for nothing, a bag of chips. Yeah. And he comes into the season and he started off the preseason looking much like old Julius Randle. But all of a sudden, once regular season came, it was like a flip switch, a switch flip. And uh, the Knicks are a 500 team under Tom Thibodeau. And are playing really good basketball, and Julius Randle's an All Star, and some other podcasts are talking about, oh, could he be All NBA? Could he do you think he could make it third team All NBA? It's like well, that's how he's looking. That's how he's looking right now. You could, you could, if you would have told me to begin the season that I would be, I would have done a complete one eighty on Julius Randle. Yeah, I would have called you a liar, and I would have put money, and I would have lost however much money you would have put up. I did not see this this transition. We recorded this at the time that Philly and New York played at the Garden, right? Mm-hmm. If last season we said, if if we if we looked at a stat sheet and said that Julius Randle was seven for twenty three, you automatically know it's a blowout loss. Like mm-hmm. we already know how that is. He's doing a bunch of spin moves, taking the energy out off the court. But this game is like without Julius Randle. Who knows where we would be as a team? And yeah. we should have won this game right here because that foul that they called on Julius wasn't even really nothing crazy. And they didn't even look at the the, the challenge for the for the play that you get, you get way too you get way too ahead of I'm yourself. Just saying. I, I, I know I'm just it's saying. it's hard. We we recording this right after the game, so I know, but we go we gonna get back to that. <laughs> We're not feeling so emotional about it. But yes, like like you said. Julius Randle, if we would have seen that stat, we were for certain a blowout loss. Um, I, w- I was very big on R.J. Barrett last year, but R.J. Barrett wasn't very good last year. R.J. Barrett took a, took a leap this year. Um, That's why I'm not he, worried about Obi. Right. Wait, we got Obi Toppin, who we thought was going to come in and contribute right away and wasn't. And if you'd have told me at the beginning of the season, Obi Toppin wasn't going to be a big contributor this season, I would say, well, then that's probably because – or or not because – that probably means that we're going to be stinking it up for Cape Cunningham because that's the only way this this season flips. Um, so many things, so many things coming into the season where I did not expect any any of this, and um, 
I think we're going to transition to now we're at, okay, this is what it is. We did not expect for this to happen. What do we, what do we see happening for the rest of the season? Uh, what do you think? I'm at the point where it's like every time I try to put a ceiling on the team and I'm thinking like the first week through the season, I'm like, they look, they playing hard. That's, that's what I like to see. That's the next team that I, I would want to watch every night. Even if we lose every night, if we playing like this, I'm good. And then they actually start to win them games. And then they end up being a 500 team through 30 games through the season. I'm like, hold on. They might make a, a play-in tournament. And then we get to the All-Star break. Julius Randle's an All-Star. Mm-hmm. We did, was, what, the fourth seed during the All-Star break? I think we were the fourth or the fifth seed. We might have been the fifth seed. And then we look at the schedule, and then we just see them play in Brooklyn, Philly, and we just see all these teams, and we just know, like, the season's probably over with. But then when you watch these games and then you see how they're playing against these teams, it's like you can't count them out any night. No. Any night the Knicks have a chance to win. And that's how I feel, too. I, I, I There's other non-Knicks fans who I have this conversation with who don't, you know, it, it's going to take for us to be there at the end of the season, to be the fifth, sixth seed, you know, confidently in the playoffs for people to realize this but we just played philly a week ago and lost because of the rest oh no that was brooklyn i'm bugging that was brooklyn brooklyn same thing you know yeah we we got down by 18 points but we came back at the end of the game we had an opportunity to tie it up or and possibly even win that game um and now we're playing philly again same thing we should have won this game and it's a testament not to the talent that's on this team, but how well we're coached and also just how hard they fight. And that's how it is almost every night. So I'm not, I'm not worried about the same things I was, I was worried about under David Fisdale, where you go into oh a game God. and you're like, damn, you know what? I hope at least we put up a, a decent fight and, you know, we, but I'm expecting for us to get blown out. And not only do we get blown out, we get blown out by 30 to 40 points. I don't worry about that. But that's the leap that we've taken in this one season where you could go into a game and be like, yo, we're going to get blown out by 32 points. Eh, I expect it. I'll be surprised. I'm surprised nowadays if we get blown out by any team. It doesn't matter how good that team is. If, like, could I, can I say, oh, we got blown out by, by Milwaukee by 30 points? And Yeah, I understand that. You know, Maybe it was an off night, but it's more surprising to hear that than to hear that we were in it and we could have won that game or, you know, we only lost by five points, by six points. I'm more expecting that than I am expecting for us to get blown out. And um, that's how I'm going to, that's how I think the rest of the season is going to go. I think the rest of the season is going to be a lot of hard fought games, hard fought games. And we're going to pull out some, we're going to lose some, but we're still going to be somewhere right around 500. And where we see it is going to basically you know, I think we're going to be in the playoffs, not even in the play-ins. Yeah, we're making I, the playoffs if we play like this all season long. Right. And um, I think that the seeding is really going to come down to the other teams that are around us. Um, we, there's, some, there's some other teams that you know may be more talented than us who are playing 500 basketball too, and it's really going to be dependent on how good they play. But I could see us be anywhere from four to the seven seed. Eh. I don't think we're going to get to four, but I think we definitely get to five seed, five to eight. Um, I, I, I think the way that the season is going to play out, we're going to play Brooklyn in the first round. 
Any uh, predictions on the seeding there? That how that's gonna go? Yeah, the Knicks gonna be one. Brooks is gonna be eight. <laughs> all right. Okay. KD that's gonna get injured. That's nah, the hottest man. take I heard all year. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's, they're gonna they're gonna stay at two. I don't think Brooklyn's gonna have everybody healthy enough mm-hmm. to to get that one seed. I think it's going to be Brooklyn at the two, Knicks make the seventh seed. And I could see that going six games. Right now with this roster, we ain't we ain't even past the deadline yet, so we don't even know who's going to be added or what's going to happen. Right now, I feel like it could go five, six games. Now, I don't remember how the plan is supposed to work, like how that uh, NBA plan the seven and ten, so the seven seed has to place has to face the ten seed before they go on to face the two seed. Is that how that works? It's I don't know exactly how it is. I know that it's at it gives an advantage to the lower seeds. Okay, so I think the tenth seed plays like I don't even remember. I'm trying to quickly. There was, was like a picture of it. Yeah, I'm trying to quickly look it up, but if I don't get it, I don't get it. Um, anyway. Yeah, so I think I agree with you. Like the Knicks are going to be the seventh seed, and if it, it in a normal season, that's how it would go. The Nets would play the Knicks um, as a seventh seed, and I think I think that would be a tough series. I still think the Nets would win, but I think that that would be exactly what the Knicks need in order to yeah. show everybody that no, nah, this is not the same old Knicks. Yeah, we're not we're not one of the top teams in the league. But we have enough young pieces that still have room to grow. And we have Julius Randle. And we have a lot of cap space. So we can bring in that that number one option, that number two option, and still have Julius Randle and still have R.J. Barrett and have Emmanuel Quickly and Mitchell Robinson. And that's if you bring those two key pieces, which I don't think we're going to do it. But if you do bring those two key pieces in, now we're talking about a top two team in the in the in the East and maybe even the league, depending on who you get. Um, and I think that's how that's how this season's gonna wind up. The Knicks are gonna show make that show a force that yeah, they're they're next up when as soon as one of the free agents decide they want to come over, we're next up. And that's how this season is gonna play out. The way this team plays, I don't even think that we're gonna have to wait for a free agent. I feel like if RJ just continues to develop at the rate that he's developing, he could be the free agent that we're looking for. He could be the Jimmy Butler kind of player that Tibbs Tibbs is literally molding RJ Barrett as this season plays along. And if he gets a full offseason with Tibbs, with the training staff, that is just like literally the reason why the team looks like the way that they look right now. I don't know if it cut out a little bit. No, I heard all that. You still um, me, bro. Yep, yep. Um, <clears throat> man. I love RJ. And I think that he can get to that. I think he can get to that all-star level, but is that, that road is a little tougher for him than it is for a Julius Randle, who Julius Randle, all he needed to do was have that, that switch flip and go from playing – like an, a low offensive player to play like a high IQ offensive player. And, um, but he's 26. Yeah. And he's 26 and he could, he, you know, he could still, it took him a while, a while to get to that. 
low, right. low, no, no, get off that low IQ to the high yeah. IQ. But you know, RJ Barrett is, is already a high IQ player. Um, mm-hmm. For him, it's more so about he he does have limitations that he's probably never going to get get over. So he's never going to be that number one option. To for him to be number two option, he has he still has to pass. You know, he has I to pass a little bit. on nobody. Don't put a ceiling on nobody on his team. Because we did not think IQ was going to be looking like how he's looking right now when we drafted him. Yeah, but we I thought he was going to be some DJ Augustine kind of play where he just come in, light it up a little, a few, a few games of the year, be cute. He, we thought he'd be like a Damian Dotson. We didn't think he was going to come in here and light this shit up like how he's lighting it up. Right. So, and we did not think RJ was going to be looking like this this season either. No, you're right. You're right. I, 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 yeah, no it's not about whether I'm putting a ceiling on him. It's more so that I think that he's never going to be LeBron. He's never going to be KD. He's never going to be Giannis. Um, and he's going to be RJ. He's going to be RJ. And you have he's he's athletically not that he, he's capped athletically. Um, a lot of his offenses. It don't. But Luka Doncic is. He's a, another high IQ player, but he's always been good. Whereas RJ, you've seen it last year, and you saw it a couple games this year, where sometimes he doesn't play that good. And sometimes it's it's a it's not about like it's about the shots that you hit, and your ability to finish, your ability to to score when you have a tough a tough player on you. Like, and he's he's getting through that now. We're seeing we're seeing that he's getting close to that. Okay, now you now you're playing the game to you the best of your ability really the only thing he has left to do is to start seeing those players that are all the other players on the court and hitting that pass you know making that the type of passes Julius Randle occasionally makes you know making the Luka Doncic type passes He's where he, and he is capable of that but once he gets that I don't think there's any I don't think there's anywhere further for him to go and that's the problem with with, with RJ Barrett where you know he'll get to 32 and he'll get to he'll get to these assist these higher assist points he's going to get to eight assists and he'll get to eight rebounds and all that but that's not going to make that's not going to make him the best player in the game i think he's going to be one of the best players in the game though if he does if he doesn't lock that potential and i think he will because he is a killer he is a guy who spends nights watching the film and tries to figure out how how best to um, unlock his game and he's going to be a Kawhi type you know he's going to be the guy who you all right we didn't see this coming out of him but he worked so hard that he made sure that he that he got the best out of himself and I yeah. think we're going to get that and I think he's going to be the number two player on the Knicks he's, he's probably going to end up being a more important piece for the Knicks than Julius Randle if he does unlock that potential you can't say um, he's going to be a Kawhi type if he's going to be a number two option though <sighs> If he's I, gonna be seen. a Kawhi type. We know he ain't gonna just he ain't gonna just reach his ceiling and be like, all right, cool. we gotta we gotta wait and see. We gotta wait and see. He's gotta surprise us with something because at this point, I don't if, be if he, no at that more. point, it's gotta be it's gotta be something that he surprises us with. I don't want to be surprised no more. The anxiety that I felt this season is too much for me. I can't handle it. I need to just expect it and to just see it happen. Because whenever I just ex- like this game, I expected us to lose, but I expected it to be a real tough match, and I got what I expected. And that's exactly what it was. It was a real tough match, um, and, and we're going to see more of those. We're going to we're going to play the Lakers. We're going to play the Clippers. We're going to play some of the best teams in the league, and it, it's going to get harder and harder to say that this is the Knicks ain't a good team. You know, they're 
they're an oak they're I don't want to say good team, like they one of the best teams, but they're good in that they could potentially beat you if you're not on your game. And you can't you can't sleep on them. And um, you know, we'll, we'll wait and see how, how this season turns out. Um all right, I think that I think we that wraps it up for you know season predictions, unless you got another hot take as far as the season goes. We gotta we gotta keep them coming back. We gotta give them something to look forward to. They'll be back. <laughs> I I give all the hot takes then. Next <laughs> all right. So uh, very briefly, you know, tell you guys. Actually, what I take that back. I got one hot take. Go ahead. Fisdale is what everybody thinks Derek Fisher is. Because Derek Fisher wasn't that bad. I like Derek Fisher when he was the coach. He had one little bad season when there was a bunch of injuries. They came back the next year and was looking good. KP was looking like an all-star. Everybody want to forget about that because of Matt Barnes, but I'm just saying, Fizdale was looking like the worst Knicks coach in history, at least I, that, I've, that I've watched. I can't argue I can't argue with that. And a lot of, a lot of people came to that Fizdale defense. I, I, somehow we keep coming back to Fizdale. I'm trying to forget that, man. Like... <laughs> Like a bad yeah. night with alcohol, and you over here yeah. keep bringing him back. Like, yo, remember this yeah. chick? Nah, I'm I had, not. <laughs> I had to dwell on that for a long time. Fisdale was the coach for two seasons, <laughs> and he looked worse each game. Too many, too many bad Fisdale memories. Too many bad Fisdale arguments. But yeah, you, I, yeah, and Derek, Derek, Derek Fisher was pretty bad though. Not, not for what he did on the court, but <laughs> we ain't gonna get it to Derek Fisher. <laughs> All Fisdale's highlights came in a press conference. That's the highlights of his coaching career in New York. <laughs> At least Derek Fisher got us to be a good a good defensive team. We was playing tough under uh, under Fisher before he started wilding out. But that's that's it. That's enough hot takes for me today. All right, I got triggered. All right, <laughs> <laughs> y'all. Right, so uh, this is the Knicks Take Podcast. Uh, if you guys like what you hear, we're going to be le- releasing an episode every week. Um, we're going to be talking about the hottest topics of the week in regards to the Knicks. Try to get some of the games. You know, we're going to talk more about that Philly game that we just came off of. We're going to get more in depth into that. We're going to talk about what we think Knicks could have did better. Some things the refs could have did better. Definitely some things the refs could have did better. <laughs> um, you know, and uh, we'll talk about the other games from this week as well. Uh, next podcast, we're going to get into this game. Um, what was the game deadline? What was the game before this this Philly game? Um, the Magic Orlando. game. Um, we'll talk about the Nets game more. We'll talk about the other Philly game more. We're, we're, we're going to get into the trade deadline. We're going to talk about our predictions in regards to what we think the Knicks are going to do or not do, what the Knicks should do. Uh, we're not going to spoil that here. Watch the next watch the next episode for that one. Um, and Let's know, see if I can get a Terray Murray jersey. You better not. My, my first favorite <laughs> That was my get, first get favorite play when I became a fan of the Knicks. Teray Murray. I was dying to see him. Begin. That's why I like Frank now. He reminds me of Teray Murray. <laughs> then they wear the snow. So yeah, yeah, yeah. He won number 23. I need to, I got a Frank jersey. I'm about to get three more. <laughs> he was playing like this. You see what he did last game? Oh, my God. We'll get into Frank, too. We'll get into Frank, too. And I was... Yeah, so that's what that's what's what you can expect. We're gonna get into the trade deadline and we're gonna get into the games. Um if you want to follow us, you can fo- uh you can follow us at Nick's underscore take on Twitter. You can uh also check us out on www.nickstake.com. Um 
And that's what we got today. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed our podcast. If you, if you did, you know, hit a like, hit subscribe, you know, and uh, yeah, we're out of here. Any last words? We better win that next game. That's all I know. <laughs> I hope the Knicks take it. And let's right. not trade for Victor Oladipo. <sighs> next podcast. Next, 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 yeah, there we go. <laughs> next Until podcast. next time. Until next time. All right. <laughs>